Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What do you think is changing there, right? So we say like the buying process doesn't match the sales process. How so? And what do you think needs to change? So we'll come back to part two in what terms of what marketing can learn from sales. But like you touched on that, Bruce. Let's talk through that. Like, what are you seeing changing? How are they misaligned? I think um, the days of willing yourself cheer outbound to like 10 million ARR can be tougher and tougher. Now, and especially across like the past year and a half, the rise of communities and having access to your peers that's the number one most trusted source now, right? I'm going to go into a pavilion, a rec genius, Katie's Patreon and say, hey, are you guys solving this issue? This seems to be a bigger issue for me. You're going to get a lot of answers from your peers. Maybe they even give you a short list of vendors. That's now who I'm going to check out. I think I'm guessing it still happens, but gone are the days where it's like, capture my email and you're going to nurture me across 20 steps to the point where I'm like, huh, that's a really good point. Now I'm ready to buy. I think no longer are people going to buy that way. And that's kind of how we're going about doing outbound sales, right? I think your, your organization is probably a lot different, right? Educating, leading with value, maybe something that they hadn't thought about. That's a lot different, but I think it's just like nurturing them and getting the touch points in place. That's not going to lead me any closer to a purchasing decision. And that's what I saw changing, right? Like this pure activity focused, let's go and spray and pray. Maybe that worked in the past. I mean, I don't know if it ever worked, but that's really what I see being a lot different where they have the access to their peers, right? The, I can hop on a Zoom with you, whereas before maybe we'd have to go to a local meetup. Just getting that access to peers and communities and starting there first. I don't need to, basically the demo is like the last step, right? Where we're typically trying to make the demo the first step in, in sales. So that's what I see. I think gone are the days of, nurturing people through email to point of purchase. Now buyers are looping, like you mentioned. Uh, 
I think, yeah, once they, they hear something enough times from their peers, that's when they're like, okay, I'm going to check this out or it's probably keep big enough that now I'm going to go out and do some research on my own to see what I can do. I think that's, it's key, right? I think that's one of the things that's going to be very interesting over the next, you know, three to four years is like, I believe all those things are true, but what's going to make it hard for a lot of companies is you can't grow as fast that way. If you are just waiting for someone to have the idea to look on how to solve a problem, you're not driving that engaged fair, right? It's like once they've decided all those things work, but like, how do you help people decide? And it's getting harder and harder to get in front of people to plant that idea, to plant the ideas around, like, maybe I should try to fix this. So it's very interesting to watch how that plays out because for a lot of companies, they can't just sit back and wait on it about Like, I, I wish I had more income. That would be great. Can't do that. You know, I've got 150 people on my team. I don't have enough inbound demo requests to support all of that. And so it'll be very interesting to watch how this changes over time. So let's come back to the other part of this, right? So you talk about, you know, kind of like what, you know, sales could learn from marketing. What about marketing learning from sales? You know, you are a salesperson. What are you bringing over to the marketing side that's helping that marketing team support the sales team a little bit better? I think, yeah, for, for me, one of the huge benefits is like really understanding the funnel after they enter it, right? And what it really takes to get someone from, okay, there's a little bit of interest here all the way straight through their purchase. Depending on the department, I find a lot of the time, uh, maybe if you're in like product marketing and you're talking to customers quite a bit, but there's not enough marketers talking customers to really understand. Yes. Right? And it's typically sales playing the game of telephone and saying, hey, this, this is what matters most. And then marketing goes off and does a white paper on that. It could be true. I think there, there's really good feedback from sales, but I think there's something to be said about hearing it firsthand from the customer, understanding their, their you know, problems that they're trying to solve or where they're trying to get to. I think that's a, a pretty key thing. And you know what? I think a lot of marketers are starting to do that. I've heard uh, a lot of you know, Dave Gerhardt talked about like listening on gone calls and things like that, right? So you can actually hear directly from the customer rather than gating it and having different people tell you, hey, this is what the customer said. Mm-hmm. I think that's so huge, right? So all, all my marketers listening, it's one step to then, you know, to at least listen to the sales calls, at least listen to some sales calls, but talk to some customers talk to them, understand how they use the product. Because that's the other side of this too, is like we talk about salespeople not using the product. How many marketers use their product, right? Like it's even a smaller amount there that actually use it. They might benefit from it. They don't necessarily use the product day in and day out. There's just such a gap there always, right? And that's where sales sees an email or a white paper and goes, what is this about? Like, who did you talk to? to think this was a good idea. And so like, what are some things that they should talk to the customers about? Let's give them like a little framework or an idea of like, okay, cool. So I need to talk to customers. What do I ask them? Yeah, I, man. And you have like great resources on your Patreon for this, by the way. I remember I was going through like your customer interview list. Let me see if I can uh, rhyme some off the top. I think one that you had that was really great. How would you describe our product or service to somebody in your position? That right there should be like your positioning, right? Um, hear how your end user is explaining your product or service to another end user. That's the, that's money right there. I think trying to get what led them to that buying trigger, right? What was it a report they ran? Was it a peer community? And if, let's say it was a community, okay. 
a community is that so I can learn a little bit more because now you really want to understand where your buyers are getting information in order to trigger that buying journey. So any questions around that, I think is great. I think the value that they got from it, what can you do now that you couldn't before? That one's really huge to get them to contrast, right? Coming into this, there was no way I could do X, Y, and Z. Now I don't even think about that. It's not even an issue for you, for us. So those are the couple ones that come to mind, but I know you have a, a ton on this too. What are, what do you typically ask? Well, before I go down what I would ask, I'm going to go one step further because you're the marketer. So you've asked those questions. How should you use them? Because that's, that's the next level. Like, okay. So I talked, I asked those questions. What should marketers do with what they learned from those conversations? Yeah. I mean, ideally find um, a framework that you can feed that feedback back to sales and say, Hey, by the way, I know we were talking about this being a huge thing. We just did 10 customer interviews and eight of them came in for this reason. So I think we should really start highlighting that in our demos, right? Of like, this is what seems to, um, to happen. I know you do a great job of this too, where like when you're building your outbound program, you go to the marketing leader and you're like, what are the top things that they're clicking into, right? So you can start to frame. It's almost a validation of like, okay, this seems to be what they care about. How do I now convert that to outbound messaging? What else can they do? I think video testimonials are huge, right? And especially if you cover that, any, like if, if a buyer can learn from one of their peers over a sales rep, they have way more credibility than, than mm-hmm. a sales rep ever would, right? Partly because we talked about as a sales rep, you probably never have done the job or you probably have never used the service that you're about to sell to the person that's doing the job. So I think any resources that you can equip your sales team with to say, hey, take, take it from me, take it from this expert in your industry, that's going to carry a lot more credibility. But to me, I don't know, I, I always found like the buying triggers fascinating to, to really get into that. That's probably more of a, a personal preference of like, what the heck got them to say, hey, I need to fix this problem.